Well, after a week's hiatus, we're finally back here with the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Ethan Schmidt. Joining me on the phone, as always, the head football coach of the Clarksville High School Wildcats, Coach Isaac Shelby. Coach, uh, we had to take a week off. We had some things happen after that Rossview game. Uh, I know you were had had missed your voice for a little bit, so we were trying to make sure that everybody was healthy and ready to go. Uh, but we finally are back this week. Yeah, I, I couldn't talk until like Monday morning a little bit, but like even Sunday at church, people were, you know, patting me on the back and congratulating me, and I was just giving them a thumbs up because I, I couldn't speak at all. Well, Coach, uh, again, we, uh, you know, we have our two sponsors here, so we want to thank them real quick with uh, Sheepdog Custom Inc. And of course, along with that, we also have our Barker's Beef, uh, who offer us the T Bone of the Week. And we're going to have two T Bones of the Week, and we want to start with Rossview. Coach, who's your nomination uh, for the T Bone of the Week against the Rossview Hawks? Uh, T Bone of the Week um, that week was Jamar Carnell um, on the fourth down play at the end. Um, he did a really good job. We, you know, we kind of challenged him a lot about taking on blocks the week before, and then number five came out to came out to kick him at the end, and he dropped his shoulder, took on that block, and then made the tackle to end the game. And it was a huge hit. It was a really good job by Jamar, and you know, took his coaching, and you know, super proud of him on that. And then, coach against Dixon County, uh, uh, a play that really uh, wasn't like a game shifter, but it was a really great play by a young player. I think that really kind of sparked our defense uh, if you want to talk about the t-bone of the week for dixon county as well yeah t-bone of the week uh for dixon is going to be weston boyd um made a really really good play at defensive line um you know he's he's done a good job there we moved in there probably two months ago maybe a month and a half ago um and he's really really done a good job for the team there he's, he's quick and he's athletic and strong and um you know i think it i think it suits him best and i think he's really enjoyed doing it Absolutely, Coach. So we'll go back here uh, two weeks. We'll talk about Rossview, a game, uh, first time meeting Rossview uh, in this new class, new region, and it was a, a great matchup. Ends up being 10-9 as the final. Andrew Irvin hits the go-ahead uh, game-winning field goal 50 yards out. Just kind of talk about that game and, and just the emotional roller coaster that we were put on. Um, it, it was up and down the whole time, you know, like a typical Clarksville Rossview game. Um, you know, Rossi played really well. I thought our kids played really well. Um, you know, we, we were, uh, gotten that pinch there at the end and, and Andrew came in really well for us there. Um, did that big field goal. And then after that, we had to kick it off and, um, they drove the ball on us a little bit there at the end. And we came up with a huge play there when we had to by Jamar. Um, but there was a couple times during that drive that I thought, uh, I thought we could have ended it, and we just didn't. Um, the screen pass that they threw on fourth down was a huge conversion for them, and it's something we'd worked on all week, and we just didn't get that kid tackled. But, you know, our kids kept fighting, and they didn't get down on themselves and came away with a win, which was really, really big in our community. Yeah, Coach, you're talking about how that kind of came together. It was 3 nothing at halftime. Uh, a lot of people just kind of looking at it and thinking, oh, man, what's going on with these two teams, both teams? Uh, we're still kind of fighting at that point, both of them coming off losses. And then, of course, you know, you get out of the halftime. Uh, Andrew did a great job kind of skying a kick, Diego Buck recovering that. And then, of course, the next play, Jamar Carnell takes it to the house, uh, you know, take that 7-3 lead at the time. You know, kind of what was going through your mind at that point and what did you see from some of your key players at that point? Yeah, we didn't really play very well in the first half, which has been – 
you know, it's gone on two weeks in a row. So that's kind of what we talked about at the end of the Dixon game with those guys is, um, you know, they got to come out with a little more, uh, I, I don't know, a little more something in the first half. We haven't played well in the first half, but, um, you know, we challenged him at halftime. Uh, I know Coach Johnson got after him pretty good. And uh, after those running backs about not stuttering their feet and hitting the hole, and then uh, Jamar came out there and, and, and popped a big run to kind of really, really swing the momentum there. It was a big deal. And uh, I don't know, it was, it was the kids played better in the second half. I think the coaches coached it better in the second half. And I think that's happened two weeks in a row. But, you know, you you know, you play teams, you, you can't always play bad in the whole half of football and then, and then figure it out. So we got we to gotta answer that question this week. Yeah, Coach, a great game there against Ross. You've seen a lot of your players step up. You were talking about just what it all meant. And uh, to get this win and also start in the region 1-0, you knew how important this game was for you in general, uh, knowing that the playoffs kind of run through, uh, knowing the Sumner County School is very tough. So getting a win against Rossview, then you know trying to do the same thing and duplicate it against West Creek later on going to be huge for us this season. So being able to do that in a rivalry game comes down to a field goal all that good stuff that kind of goes into it. The big thing that comes from it, though, is that you're already 1-0 in the region. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, people keep saying, you know, is it different being a region game? And I really don't think it is. Um, I, you know, there is more on the line, but I don't think the kids realize it for sure. Uh, but the, the, the deal is we kind of control our own destiny now. And if you win that game, you don't have to depend on other people's help um, later in the year so. If we don't make the playoffs, it's 100 percent our fault. We don't have to wait. You know, we don't have to. You know, we don't have to depend on somebody else to win a game to get in. All right, coach. Let's uh, let's move on. A game that's kind of fresh on our mind here as we get into uh, talking a little bit about Dixon County. Uh, this was a rivalry game from the past. Uh, I know a lot of older generations of Clarksville High football players can think back to it. Coach Snyder gave a great speech on Thursday about the last time that CHS played Dixon. Uh, this has just been one of those really big powerhouses in the past in Dixon County, and, and we get to renew that rivalry against the Cougars. Uh, how important was that for you as a coach to try and get that game back? Um, it was a big deal when we were scheduling an offseason. You know, like the, the two things that we really consider is – um, is the team going to prepare us for if like in the playoffs what we're going to see in the playoffs? So um, this time we went with a couple of we went with a couple of metro schools because we feel like if we make the playoffs that's what we're going to see and we need to see that speed early in the year that, that those metro schools have. And then the other thing we consider is just traditional rivalry. So um, getting Gallatin, Dixon, Rossview, Northeast like th those are the you know, Springfield, those are the five biggest rivalries that, like, that we've had over decades in our school, and we managed to get them all on the schedule this time, which was a really big deal. Coach, you go down to Dixon. Uh, at one point, Dixon comes out. They're up 10 nothing. We talked about it a little early on, trying to talk to the players, letting them know, hey, you got to come out and play a little bit harder. We need to see that the energy that we saw right towards the end of the second quarter. We needed to see that all game long. Uh, for you to see what happened there at the end of the second quarter, though, after the team went down 10 nothing, to score with about a minute, uh, minute 11 left there before half, then force a nice three and out. Dixon makes some mistakes, bad punt, uh, and then to score on that next play with 17 seconds left, and you go in at halftime up 14 nothing. You know, what did you kind of see from your team in that moment? Um, you know, the, they showed a little bit of life there. We've always had like a, like a, 
after Rossview kind of just bad mojo game in the past, and that's something we're trying to fix. But, you know, the kids get so excited about them. And then, you know, in the past, it's always been Springfield where, you know, we play Rossview and then play Springfield. And, you know, they look like they're kind of in a funk in that game. So um, that's another thing that, that we have to like continue to work on because it's it's been kind of a – it's been a problem for, you know, four or five years where we just don't play very good right after that game. So, um, you know, we challenged the kids at halftime. They did what we asked them to do, got it fixed, and then, you know, the result was the result. Coach, you had Sean kind of starting at quarterback and then uh, moved him back to T, moved uh, Jamar Carnell in at quarterback. Uh, what was kind of your idea behind that, seeing that I, we know that we're going to be a, a run-heavy team. Most teams that play us, if they've watched any film, they've realized that as well. Uh, what it, what was kind of going through your mindset when you're like, all right, let's ride with Jamar here for a little bit uh, and let Sean kind of go back to that position that he's most natural at? Um, I mean, both of them bring good things and bad things to it. Um, and we just kind of, we wanted to get a little change there. Um, you know, we weren't having a whole lot of success and it's not a, it's not a huge, it, it's not a huge change between those two because they're both capable and both do a good job when we ask them to do it. You know, we had both starting receivers out and we started a freshman Ben Moore and a sophomore Clay Mobley that never started before. So I thought both of those guys did a good job getting in there. It was just, you know, one of those, uh, one of those COVID things, the COVID kind of hit our receivers and our defensive backs this week. Um, two weeks ago, it hit our defensive line um, really, really bad. So we're just going to continue to to work through those problems and, you know, see how they shake out. And, Coach, to kind of see Jamar in that quarterback role and, and when he tucked the ball and run, uh, that's one of those things where, uh, you know, when you have a guy who's traditionally playing kind of that F-back position, uh, when he tucks the ball and run, you don't want him kind of coming downhill at you. Uh, were you impressed with his decision-making uh, when he came in in that role? For sure. You know, uh, really impressed with decision-making and maturity. Um, you know, he, he's a he's just a good football player. You know, he can play linebacker. You know, if he's really smart. If we ask him to play defensive line, he could do that. You know, he, he's just one of those guys that's a good football player and understands the whole thing. And I think part of the reason he has a good understanding of it is he's had to play, you know, multiple positions. You know, he played in middle school. He played a lot of, like, T-back. Um, and then when he got to high school, he played F. And, you know, he got hurt his freshman year, broke his ankle, and, um, you know, but stayed – mentally in it you know and then now he's playing a little quarterback too but you know he's just a real versatile kid that can do a lot of things and coach when you uh put Rayshon in there back in uh, his normal kind of t position there he comes out and just kind of has a phenomenal night he goes over 150 yards goes for two scores uh seeing Rayshon be able to kind of thrive again especially after kind of the sluggish play that we saw from really everybody in that roster mm-hmm. game to kind of see it kind of bounce back in and, and just kind of see his talent level uh, on display how exciting was it to see uh Rayshon do that oh it was pretty it was pretty neat for him you know that's his that's his most comfortable spot for sure because it's what he's played for years um you know and we're asking him to uh play quarterback and it's it's not something that he's done in the past but um it, it's unnatural for him but he's you know he's done a good job with it but when he slides back to that t-back spot for us you know he gets kind of um you know there's just no mistakes you know in that um, when he's playing quarterback, you know, we used Jared Buchanan as a senior. He's done a really, really good job. We used uh, James Dalrymple and Jordan Mora that are both freshmen there because we were down some, you know, we were down Jamari Cobbs being hurt. So, um, but when he slides back there, you know, he's just comfortable there and it really helped the team 
I think when he when he went back there and, and, and played well. All right, Coach, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Beach, uh, another team uh, that's not so much a rival, but uh, you've seen them not only at your time at CHS, but your time when you were at Northeast as well. It's a team that our local schools have somewhat struggled against in the past, and especially during playoff time. So we'll talk about that. Stay with us. We have that and more coming up next. And welcome back to the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. The Wildcats 3-1 at this point in the season. As we mentioned, getting the win against Rossview and Dixon in back-to-back weeks. We took a week break for the show. We came back with some good stuff here for you, talking about Dixon County. Uh, But that's all in the past now. We're moving on to one of our tougher opponents that we're going to see on the schedule this year. Uh, We're on the road at Beach this Friday. Coach, what can you tell us about Beach? Um, really well coached. Um, Anthony Crabtree does an incredible job. Um, his assistants do an incredible job. Super physical, um, really talented, have some big receivers and tight ends. Um, it's going to be a big, big challenge for us because, you know, Coach Crabtree does a really, really good job with the guys he has there. And he's got some really talented players this year. And coach, we talked about how big region play is and knowing that this is now a region opponent for us. Uh, they're actually 0-1 in the region currently. They lost to Hendersonville. That uh, We know how tough of a team uh, Beach is going to be. So to see Hendersonville get a win against them and know that they've had a week off to really prepare for us, really they're going to have two full weeks to kind of look at film and watch what we've done um, and see you know, what our tendencies are. Um, you know this is obviously going to be a game where they're coming out fired up as well. How do we kind of keep our guys in line to let them know, hey, yes, they're going to have some more time to watch you, but uh, we are coming off of a very successful week for us? Yeah, it's just, you know, anytime you, anytime you have two weeks to prepare is, is a big advantage. But, you know, our kids have to understand that, that, that this is going to be a really physical game because it's a physical group of people, um, and, and we're just going to go out. We're going to have to go out there and and and, and play well. And that, that's tough to do against Beach because they don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, they're not a team that's just going to give it to you if you if you wait long enough. Um, that, it's not that kind of people. Um, really, really good program. Probably one of the top ten programs in Tennessee, in my opinion. All classes. Coach, um, I'll let you. I'll let you know. The last time we played beach, I actually had food poisoning. I was a senior in high school, and we made that road trip, and I was not mm-hmm. having it. Uh, so for me, uh, bad memories for other reasons than just playing beach. But knowing how tough they are as well, Coach, uh, um, this is this is one of those teams. What can you remember from your time coaching here as a head coach, whether it's at CHS or you know your time at Northeast? What do you remember most? Uh, maybe some moments that you can remember playing beach. Um. Uh, in terms of CHS, I think the last time the last time that we played them, oh, hold on, it's my neighbor's dog barking. The last time we played, uh, the last time we played Beach, it uh, that I was there was um, my last year as an assistant, and and that team was really good, led by Cameron Fletcher, a quarterback, and um, and and we won the region championship. We were really really successful. I think it was ten wins that season. The last time too, and. Uh, and, and Beach spoiled us on homecoming. Um, you know, did, just Coach Crabtree did a really, really good job and kind of stumped us there. Um, when I was at Northeast, we ran into them uh, once in the playoffs, uh, went down to Beach and beat them um, in the first round, which was a, was a huge, huge victory for, um, you know, Northeast and Montgomery County to play with them. 
the next year we went down there and uh, it was uh, Jalen Reeves Maben against Jalen Hurd. And, and most people that were there will, will tell you that was the best high school game they've ever seen. I think we lost 42-41. Um, it, it, it was an incredible game. Two incredible players and two incredible teams. And, you know, Jalen Hurd was just absolutely magnificent. He was Mr. Football that year, I believe. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of history there. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I remember telling our kids at halftime of that game, I said, hey, this is a state championship. This is the two best teams in the class. And uh, Beach went on to beat us by a point. And then they beat Jackson Northside the next week in a semis by, like, 50. And then won the state championship by 45 or 52. So, um, you know, it's kind of one of the weird things that shook out that year where the, you know, the best two teams ended up colliding in the quarterfinals. Uh, Coach, uh, knowing, uh, again, I mean, just an, an amazing story out there with Beach, uh, but kind of looking back to what we've seen from our team now, uh, getting that focus back on them, what do you say to your team to, you know, you've you've kind of harped on it for about two weeks with them, uh, just kind of that slow start, knowing how uh, physical and how dominant Beach can be. How do you get these guys to realize that, you know, this game has to be physical for us, but we also have to get, you know, we can't wait until that, you know, late second quarter or the start of the third quarter to really get us going because this is a team that can just, you know, blink, you blink your eyes and they're up three scores on you. Yeah. It's, it's something we're going to talk about a lot this week. And, and that's, that's one of the weird things. That's kind of, I, I told the kids after the Dixon game, that's not something that is easily fixable by the coaching staff. You know, it, the, their slow start is, is, is a little bit on them and they've got to figure out as a group what, what makes them go a little bit. But beach is different. Like if, if you play, you know, if, if if we play the way we did against Dixon and did, did against Rossview in the first first half, like Dixon may just boat race out the building. Um, really, really good team. And, you know, they're going to figure that out. It's a young group and we're depending on a lot of we're depending on a lot of juniors and a lot of sophomores and way too many freshmen that we want to be dependent on. But, you know, they're going to figure it out quick. If you don't come ready to play against beach, they're, they're just going to blow you out of the water. Coach, uh, I believe this is going to be our longest road trip of this season. Not our longest road trip that we've had since, definitely since we've been doing this show. We've had a, we've had some good ones, uh, some long road trips, long bus rides. But this is going to be the first real long boat, or excuse me, not boat. We're not taking a boat. If we're taking a boat, we have some issues. But we will play Friday if we have to take one, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but if we're a uh, long bus ride for us down to uh, down to Sumner County. Um, What's kind of the message for some of these guys who may have not taken any of those bus rides with us already? Um, they got to figure it out, you know, because because if you're going to win in the playoffs, you're going to have to go on the road and beat somebody. And going on the road to beat somebody is is very, very different than, than staying at home and being your normal routine. So, um, you know, that bus ride, it, it's not it's not long in terms of miles, but depending on the situation, it can be very long in terms of traffic. Um, you know, getting – Getting to Sumner County on a Friday is not an easy deal. So, um, you know, they got to kind of figure that out. Um, you know, we got to leave as early as possible, which is uh, tough with the bus driver shortage in Montgomery County right now. Um, you know, the transportation department's been really, really good to us, um, getting us bus drivers as quick as they can. But it's, it's not an easy thing right now um, with them down as many people as they're down. So what you're saying is it might be a boat ride for us if we need it. it we may have to take a boat. It might be easier to get a boat than a bus, to be honest <laughs> with you. You know, um, you know, they're really struggling to get people to fill those roles. And, you know, the county's coming out with some uh, some pay bumps and some different things, you know, to, to get some people to, 
to take that bus license and get that fixed. So hopefully that's something that, that, that we can get fixed in our County, you know, relatively soon, but it's definitely, it's definitely not as easy as it has been in the past. All right, coach, uh, we're going to go into an area and, and you talk about Gallatin and places like that. And you, and obviously we know uh, the schools we're going to face Gallatin, Hendersonville beach. Those are all very big championship pedigree uh, schools that we're going to see this season, mm-hmm. uh, going into beach. What do you expect from that home atmosphere from, uh, their crowd? It's, it, it's always really good. Um, you know, the, it's, it, it's, it's a very cool place to play. Um, the home sides, those, like those old concrete bleachers, which I, which I think are really cool. Um, they just got turf, which is going to be interesting. Um, you know, we, last time we were on turf this year, we didn't play very well either at Austin P. So, um, it, it, you know, those people really, really, that whole community really gets behind their, behind their high school football, just like Gallatin and Hendersonville. So it's going to be a big deal. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting, you know, when our people go down there and they look at that, and, you know, if, if, if you want to be a region contender, um, you know, the, the, the kind of support that beach and Hendersonville and Gallatin have is, is the kind of support that, that anyone's going to have to have to compete with them on a yearly basis and, and be a, be a region championship contender. All right, coach, we're going to take our second break here. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite moment in the show. We're going to have three random questions and uh, coach, I, I forgot to text you about one thing, but I'm going to get your thoughts on one other thing. Uh, it's okay. not too huge of a surprise, I promise, but I just kind of wanted to hear your inside as well on something that came to my mind uh, when you talked about him earlier in the show. Uh, we have to brag on uh, one of our local Clarksville guys in general. So uh, when we come back, we'll have that, plus our three random questions with Coach Shelby. All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment here on the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. I'm Ethan Schmidt on the phone, the head football coach of the Clarksville High School Wildcats, Coach Isaac Shelby. Coach Shelby, I was alluding to this uh, before we went to break there. Uh, You mentioned Jalen Reeves uh, Mabin's name. A huge accomplishment for Jalen Reeves Mabin this past week. He was named a captain, the special teams captain for the Detroit Lions as they took on the San Francisco 49ers at home at Ford Field. Uh, I know, obviously... Um, you have a great connection and tie, not only as a coach, but personally with Jalen, uh, but just to kind of see what he's been able to accomplish. And I know he's a Northeast grad, but you know, he's Clarksville family all in all, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so what, I mean, what is that kind of like for you as his coach and as just kind of a, a person of his family as well? It, I mean, it's, it's really, neat. um, he's just a really, really good person, uh, you know, he, he's a great athlete for sure. There's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, he, he's mainly just sticking that league for a long time now. And he's, he's, you know, found a niche playing linebacker and special teams with those guys. But, uh, you know, when, when, when your own NFL teammates vote you as a captain, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge, like accomplishment because it's number one is because your teammates are voting you captain, um, not random people. Um, number two, it just shows what kind of character you have. You know, all those guys are great players. Like if you, if you're in the NFL, you're the greatest of the great. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then when you turn around and you're named captain of that, you know, captain of that team for your work on special teams is just, it's just huge. It's a, it's a big honor for him. Um, and it's really cool for the kids in Montgomery County to, to see like, you know, you can make it out of here and you can go do those things. Um, you know, it, it, it's just big for our community in general. Um, but I think most of it is just he's such a good person, you know. Um, 
we're really close for sure. You know, you know, we talk all the time and, um, I know when Davin got hurt, uh, Davin had the same injury that Jalen's had twice. And, uh, I called him up and I was like, Hey, I, I need you to swing by the house and, and talk to this guy for me. Cause he's kind of down with this injury. And he was there the next day. Um, him and Alex came over and they sat in my back porch with Davin and just kind of talked, you know, injuries and sports and, and, and what you do. And it was a really cool thing, you know, um, somebody's got to carry the torch in the city when it's time for him to end his career. But, you know, it's just neat. Awesome coach. Yeah. It's a, it was a great moment. I love seeing it pop up on the Twitter feed and then uh, mm-hmm. all the people locally who are just retweeting it and just, you know, feeling the love. And I hope he felt the love all the way from uh, the nine three one forum as well. Yeah, he does. He's, he's a big, um, he's a big supporter of Clarksville athletics. Um, people don't realize that, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of times when their season's over and, um, you know, especially with COVID where, you know, it would be a big basketball game or something like that. And it's not always a Northeast game. You know, sometimes it's Clarksville Rossview or sometimes it's, you know, Rossview somebody else or whoever, you know, like, you know, he'll text me in the middle of the day like, hey, can you squeeze me in the gym? You know, I want to see this game. And, you know, I know he's came to watch J.J. Weed a couple of times and, um, he, him and Alex went to, you know, when Ross, we won the state championship in baseball. Um, both of those guys were there watching that. They're just big supporters of, of, of local athletics. And, you know, it, it's just pretty neat that, uh, they, you know, despite their successes and despite their, you know, big contracts and despite all that stuff, like, you know, when they're back in town, they're just normal guys and, you know, they want to support the local kids. Because they are local kids. Absolutely, Coach. I, and I, I know that they appreciate that those kind of words from you as well. Um, let's jump into our three random questions here. Uh, we'll kind of go in the reverse of what I uh, texted you earlier. Um, we're kind of going to start off here with you. Uh, and I, I just kind of thought of this. If you could teach any course, whether it's uh, high school or college level, let's open it up that way too. Um, any course that you feel like that's a course I would want to teach um, and just – that's what I would want to do with my day if I'm if I'm teaching, and I, I know I have to do that. What's the one like subject in high school or a course in college that you'd want to teach? Well, um, I teach I teach PE and I teach um, ISS at Clarksville High, and that's what I've taught before at Northeast. And I think those two are are I think those two are super important. Um, and I know that sounds crazy, but uh, number one, like physical education is falling like falling to the side in terms of, you know, uh, like kids, kids now. Um, but when, when I was a kid, you spent all the, all your time playing outside and kids don't do that as much anymore. So I think physical education is something that's really, really important to get kids, um, you know, get kids moving and active just cause it's good for their body and their brain. So I think that's important. Um, I think ISS is important, you know, I, like you get a bunch of, you get a bunch of at-risk kids usually that have, made a bad decision and that's the time that you get uh you know you get an empty classroom that that you can take time individually with a kid and talk to them about their decisions and um you know what landed them there and how they can get out of there and you know as important it is to be back in regular class but um you know the extra time with the extra time with those kids is really important i think the most important class in high school is personal finance um that's the one that it, it's only a semester. Um, it should probably be like a four year class, but it's only a semester the way the things are set up right now. Um, that that's one that that's one that kids really, really need to, um, you know, 
need to think is more important than it is because when they walk out of high school, that's, it's one of the most important things that you got to know. Um, I wish there was a little more emphasis on that. Uh, I think, I think the trades have kind of fallen aside uh, the same way PE has. Um, but those trades, I know we've had, we've had a bunch of guys recently um, that are, that are having a lot of success that didn't go to college and just left and went straight into trade. And I know they're doing some cool stuff at TCAT, but um, you know, those guys are making a bunch of money. Um, it, it's just hard to find employees now, but uh, you know, those guys that are, that are really good at one particular trade um, that's, that's huge right now. Yeah, absolutely. Coach. I agree with you on that one. Second question for you here, uh, college professional sporting events. Would you rather be able to watch it in the comfort of your own home? Or are you a, uh, do you like to go out and kind of watch them in, in, in person? In person, for sure. Um, as a coach, like when you see, like there's a lot of things that go on during the commercial breaks that you can't see as a, uh, like the, that you don't get to see. Like, like what is the team's temperament in the huddle? You know, like how are they working together? Like a lot of times when you get a commercial break, you get the commercial break as the team's coming off the floor. Well, like what is the team doing coming off the field or coming off the floor? You know, are they, are they arm in arm listening to the coach? Are they, are they locked in mentally, you know, with each other? Um, I know I saw a cool, uh, it was, man, that might've been four or five years ago now. Um, somebody took a picture of Butler basketball's huddle and the team that they beat for the national championship in the two different huddles were, were pretty amazing. Like the Butler guys were arm in arm locked in during the timeout. And then the other team was not, you know, and, and that was, that was kind of big difference of it. But, you know, one of the things I do in the uh, off season, I run the clock for the basketball game. Um, and that's fun, but it's, it's really fun to like when you're in the middle of that, especially during COVID because the gym was empty, like it was really, really neat to sit, you know, where like you're running the clock that I can hear Ted Young's huddle and I can hear Johnny Jackson's huddle, which are two great basketball coaches just going at it and just, being able to learn um, from both of those guys sitting in the middle, you know, is pretty neat. You know, same thing you can say with Brian Rush and, um, you know, some of those other guys, but just the way they, you know, sports are sports. And, um, you know, that's just, it's neat being able to see all those extra things if you're paying attention to it. If it's something that you're not, you know, if it's, if it's something you're not paying attention to, then obviously the comfort of my home is, is a lot better, but, um, if, if you're a coach, those those commercial breaks tell you a whole lot about teams that you don't get to see if, if you're if you're not there. I like that, Coach. Uh, finally, last question for you here in the three random questions. This kind of started a bit of a debate um, with among the coaching staff earlier mm-hmm. this week. Um, I think it's actually almost gone on for two weeks now, uh, mm-hmm. and and you are a big proponent. Now I found out you're not a bagel guy. You don't like bagels? No, I've never eaten a bagel. You've never Ever. had a bagel? Yeah, we had a big discussion in the office about that the other day. Yeah. Somebody asked me about that. Uh, just, I don't know, that's weird. Like, if I'm going to eat something like that, I'm going to eat a donut. Like, I, I don't want a bagel. Like, never eaten a bagel. All right, so then you said, and this has been, this was kind of the, the umbrella over all of the I've never eaten a bagel comment. You said that every sandwich is better if it's on Texas toast. For sure. Um, like Texas toast is, is, is really unique. I think you can improve any sandwich based on adding Texas toast to it. 
Um, I think it's a really easy change up to where you have the exact same sandwich, but you throw it on Texas toast and all of a sudden you're eating something new, but it was the same sandwich as before. But like Texas toast is like, it's, it's pretty neat. Like Zaxby's like, you know, that, that there's a lot of like restaurants that serve chicken, but like Zaxby's is the only place you can get your chicken on Texas toast. I think is like a big advantage for Zaxby's um, that nobody else takes advantage of. Um, but it's just different. It's, um, you know, it tastes good. It's, you know, it, I get Texas toast anytime I get a chance. I just, I thought that was a great, uh, I, I, I didn't actually get to hear your explanation. I think I had a run after you'd mentioned it, but, uh, um, I just heard those words leave your mouth and I was like, I have to ask him about it now. Like it, it has to be asked about the Texas toast. So, um, it is a unique, different way of doing things. I'm still kind of stunned about the bagel thing. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a big bagel fan, but I mean uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. I, I don't know. We we might have to get you a bagel. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna eat any bagels, but um, in the Texas toast, I can go for that for sure. The only negative on Texas toast, like I have a toaster in my office that, uh, like my wife will send my lunches and I'll toast the bread and stuff. The only negative to Texas toast is you can't fit it in the um, it it doesn't go in the toaster right. So like if I get Texas toast like in my lunch, I have to take it into like the oven and the like in the field house, and you have to like put it on a sheet and do all that stuff with it. Um, that's the only advantage. I think they should make a Texas toast toaster. Okay. Like there should be that like that should be a thing where where the slots are bigger and you can actually like get that in there because it, it, it's wider than regular toast, but. Um, I think somebody's definitely missing out on that. If if there's as many people that like Texas toast as there should, <laughs> like the Texas toaster should be uh, should be a thing. But it, it if if you built it like that, you should be able to get regular toast in there without a problem. But the the regular toaster does not do the Texas style um, at all, which is not good for me. But uh, well, I think yeah, you've already I got think, the patent for the name. It. Yeah, Texas toaster would be the best thing ever I, I, they might have those in texas so i'm not sure but you know the the width of the slot shouldn't really matter as much as it should they should build it they should build the width of the slot on a toaster for the biggest kind of toast and then let regular people just put small toast inside of it we might have to have that as a uh, a check one of our checks needs to be texas toaster and see yes, if we can't yes. get some people to just kind of wonder what's going on yeah yeah no, I think people would buy it for sure. No, <laughs> right. no, I've never met anyone that says no. I don't like Texas toast. People say I don't like bagels all the time, but not to- Texas toast. All right, Coach. Uh, we'll we'll kind of end with your final thoughts here as we get ready for beach. Just kind of uh, what's on your mind as we head into that this this next game. Um, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Um, you know they, you know them, Hendersonville, Gallatin are kind of the class of our region right now, and. Um, you know, they're tough places to play. I've played at all three of them. Uh, I've lost at all three of them. I've won at all three of them. Uh, you know, we, we beat Gallatin in the playoffs. We beat Hendersonville. We beat Beach when I was at Northeast. So um, they're definitely uh, tough places to play. And, you know, if it's going to – if if people are out there listening and, and you want to step your game up and be like Summer County, it's got to get stepped up in, in all phases, not just, you know, not just, you know, practice time and all that. All right, Coach, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, as always. Yeah, thanks, man.
All right, guys, that's uh, this week's episode of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Don't forget, next week uh, we have the special uh, game that I like to call the Isaac Shelby Bowl. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming matchup that we have next week uh, on our show next week as we get ready for Northeast. And we'll have a recap, of course, of this game against Beach. Of course, for Coach Isaac Shelby, I'm Ethan Schmidt. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show.